the passing of a cybersecurity pioneer and legislation advances to expand NIST's IT security sway over federal agencies. These stories and more coming up on the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. Howard Schmidt, who served as the first White House Cybersecurity Coordinator, has died. We'll remember Schmidt and his impact on IT security at the end of this report. But first, we'll take a close look at new legislation before the U.S. House of Representatives. It's known as the NIST Cybersecurity Framework Assessment and Auditing Act of 2017. And if enacted, it would expand the influence the National Institute of Standards and Technology has over federal government agencies in how they implement cybersecurity. There are two main parts of the bill. One directs NIST to develop outcome-based metrics to determine the effectiveness of the NIST cybersecurity framework. The legislation also would order NIST to audit federal agencies to assess their implementation of the cybersecurity framework. Before we examine each of those aspects, a bit of background. NIST is part of the Commerce Department and creates critical measurement solutions and promotes equitable standards in a number of fields. For the audience of this report, NIST is known for its technical guidance focused on cybersecurity. In an executive order issued four years ago, President Barack Obama directed NIST to develop the cybersecurity framework. Implemented a year later, the framework consists of standards, guidelines, and best practices to promote the protection of the nation's critical infrastructure. The cybersecurity framework has proven to be popular. It's been adopted by many organizations, not just critical infrastructure, in and out of government. Now, back to the bill. The NIST Cybersecurity Framework Assessment and Auditing Act would require federal agencies to adopt the framework, but some cybersecurity experts say NIST should have included outcome metrics that could demonstrate the framework's effectiveness. The bill directs NIST to do just that. That idea has been long championed by Larry Clinton. He's chief executive of the industry group, the Internet Security Alliance. We are now three years past the promulgation of the NIST framework, and we don't have any objective data indicating that it has actually changed anybody's behavior, that that behavior has resulted in an improvement in security, and whether or not the expenditure to reach those levels of security are cost-justified. And in order to have a sustainable, voluntary program, which is the vision of the framework, you need to have those things. To develop outcome metrics, the bill directs NIST to establish a federal working group to include representatives from various federal agencies, including the White House Offices of Management and Budget, as well as Science and Technology Policy. But creating those outcome metrics could prove to be challenging. Herbert Lin is a senior research scholar for cyber policy and security at Stanford University and served on President Obama's Commission on Enhancing National Cybersecurity. And Lin says it's difficult to create outcome metrics because security is hard to define in cyber. In a building code, you have physics, and there's an experiment you can do. You can shake the building. There's no similar thing in computers because computers are, are general purpose devices. What you may regard as a security flaw, I may regard as a feature. Is it a security flaw to have access over the Internet? That's an interesting question, right? I don't know how to answer that. The legislation also calls for NIST to develop a template on how organizations should use the framework and recommend procedures for streamlining and harmonizing existing and future cybersecurity-related requirements. And though the bill is aimed at federal agencies, such templates could prove useful for all types of organizations adopting the framework, especially smaller ones that lack the financial wherewithal to implement the framework. The framework, after all, contains nearly 100 ways to help secure critical IT. Here's Larry Clinton. 
smaller companies need to know what they ought to do. Having a supermarket of options is very cumbersome for them. And as a result, we are not seeing the uptake of the framework in the smaller companies that we hope for and frankly we need. The other major provision of the NIST Cybersecurity Framework Assessment and Auditing Act would give NIST responsibilities it never had before or sought, conducting audits, specifically auditing federal agencies to assess their compliance with the cybersecurity framework. That's why when the committee voted on the measure this past week, it split. All Republican members and one Democrat voted yay. All the other Democrats voted nay. The bill is now before the full House of Representatives. Representative Eddie Bernice Johnson of Texas is the ranking Democrat on the committee, and she contends NIST is ill-equipped to conduct audits. Johnson suggests the audits should be performed by either congressional auditors at the Government Accountability Office or by the Department of Homeland Security. DHS oversees the IT security operations of civilian agencies. Citing a February 14th hearing by the panel's subcommittee on research and technology, Johnson said, And speaking to what may be the strangest part of this bill, I do not remember any expert recommending that NIST be given the responsibility to conduct annual cybersecurity audits of other agencies. NISC is not an auditing agency. They have no such history, expertise, or capacity. They are standards and technology agency. Charles Romine is director of NIS Information Technology Laboratory, and in written testimony delivered last month at the subcommittee hearing, he said NIS does not assess, audit, or test agency security implementations and has no oversight authority. Romine said that under the law that governs federal government IT security, lawmakers recognize that placing such responsibilities on NIST would impede and ultimately defeat its ability to work with federal agencies and the private sector to develop standards, guidelines, and practices practices in the open, transparent, and collaborative manner Congress intended. So why did the Republican majority decide to give NIST these extra authorities? The chairman of the committee, Representative Lamar Smith of Texas, did not answer that question directly. But in addressing the committee, he characterized NIST as a global leader in cybersecurity knowledge, scientific standard setting, and research and analysis of federal agency cybersecurity readiness. Who better to determine if an agency is following these recognized standards than NIST? We do not make NIST an enforcement agency. The bill does not give the agency authority to exact fines, issue injunctions, or pursue further proceedings beyond assessing, auditing, and reporting. What the bill does not contain are the millions of dollars NIST would need to conduct the audits. That, Smith promises, would come in another bill. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. Another kid's toy and another security problem. ISMG Security and Technology Editor Jeremy Kirk explains. Be careful of the internet-connected fluffy toy. It could be listening to your conversations, or in a much worse scenario, it could be exposing your data to the world. Spiral Toys of California is the latest toy maker to have run into data security concerns. The company was found to be running several MongoDB databases online with no authentication requirements. 
Despite warnings from researchers, the company appears to have moved too slowly to secure the databases. There is also evidence that hackers stumbled upon the databases as well and attempted to ransom the company. The exposed information included links to audio recordings. The company's Cloud Pets line allows children to record audio messages, which are then uploaded to a web service. The exposed databases also contained account information and hashed passwords. In a major security error, the company did not require users to set passwords with a minimum length. The passwords were hashed with bcrypt, which is considered a more secure hashing function, but its benefits are undermined if users choose very short passwords. Troy Hunt, an Australian data breach expert, says he was already able to crack some of the weaker hashes. Spiral Toys has downplayed the incident and says it has notified California's Attorney General's Office of the breach. The company says that it was only first contacted about it on February 22nd, but a Dutch security analyst, Victor Gevers, said he reached out to the company on December 31st. He says he never heard back. The MongoDB databases were finally taken offline on January 13th. Security experts have speculated that the breach would have never become known had the company not been outed in the press. After the breach became public, a UK security company said it had contacted Spiral Toys in October about another problem. Contacts Information Security conducted a technical analysis of a Cloud Pets stuffed unicorn. It found any device could connect to the toy via Bluetooth. It meant that someone within 10 to 30 yards could have turned on its microphone and uploaded recordings. Contacts Information Security notified Spiral Toys, but never heard back from the company. Germany recently banned a toy with a similar issue. The debacle surrounding the Spiral Toys breach is yet another example of how some companies are unprepared to react and deal with a data breach. Worries have continued to mount concerning the security failures associated with Internet of Things devices, such as routers and digital video recorders. Many users, however, continue to purchase and use these low-cost and often poorly secure devices, blind to the risks. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. Finally, the tributes are pouring in for Howard Schmidt, the cybersecurity advisor to two presidents. Schmidt died Thursday with his family at his side. He was best known as special assistant to the president and the first White House cybersecurity coordinator. His road to the Obama White House was as circuitous as the highways he rode on his Harley Davidson. After serving three tours in Vietnam in the Air Force, he worked in law enforcement for the Chandler, Arizona Police, Air Force, Army, and FBI. He earned undergraduate and graduate degrees from the University of Phoenix. Schmidt taught at Georgia Tech, Idaho State, and Carnegie Mellon. He worked as a venture capitalist and IT security consultant. Schmidt served as chief security officer at Microsoft and eBay, as well as headed a number of IT security associations. During the Bush administration, he served as vice chair of the president's critical infrastructure board. Schmidt was one of the least pretentious government officials I've known. Former IBM chief privacy officer Harriet Pearson posted on Facebook that Howard was a true servant of the public and a genuine and decent human being. While serving as cybersecurity coordinator in the Obama White House, Schmidt was labeled the cybersecurity czar, a moniker he disliked and felt inappropriate. He was right. Expectations of the job were unrealistic with the perception of czar-like powers. Here's how Schmidt looked at his job. Nobody in these sorts of positions is issuing a directive, he said. They don't get in there and say, you have to go do this, you have to go do that. Especially in my role, it's a matter of getting all the people together and moving forward. Howard Schmidt was 67 years old. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chabro. Catch you next time. Music